Blog Talk Radio. Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Jim White, and we're coming to you live from beautiful Carmel, California, on Saturday, October the 22nd, 2011. We have a fantastic show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. The show topic is Restoring the U.S. to a Free Economy. Restoring the U.S. to a free economy. Well, you're probably thinking when you hear that, man, what's that all about, Jim? Well, let's take a look at it. In 2010, for the first time ever, the United States has fallen from the ranks of the economically free as measured by the Index of Economic Freedom published annually by the Heritage Foundation and the Wall Street Journal. Falling below the cutoff. Now, this is important. You, you know, Regular listeners, you know me by now when I go back and I say, this is important. This is important. Falling below the cutoff that earns countries the right to call themselves free. Boy, strong words, right? The status of the United States today, I should say, mostly free. Okay, mostly free. The reason? Now, what? What the reason? Why do we say mostly free? Notable decreases in financial freedom, monetary freedom, and property rights. The U.S. scores particularly badly in areas where the government has taken too large of an intrusive a role. Too large of an intrusive role. This decline must be reversed. I don't think there's an American uh, listening today that would probably disagree with that saying, we must reverse this trend now. Let's take a look at some facts, as uh, one of my favorite uh, talk show and uh, newscasters, Anderson Cooper, says. Let's do a fact check. Now, oh, before we, before we get into the fact checks, a, a great announcement. I have, for years, uh, wanted to uh, do a uh, live uh, TV show. Well, uh, we're going to start that. We're going to start one, and we're announcing the premiere of the Circle of Success show with Dr. Jim White on KYMB-TV, Comcast Channel 19, on November the 14th. 
at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And we're going to be streaming live on the World Wide Web as well. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, the show is going to a very similar parallel, a radio show. We're going to deal with uh, uh, current affairs, global economics. Uh, we're going to bring you inspiring uh, stories from all walks of life. It's going to make you cry and going to motivate you at the same time. We're going to have a unbiased, just bring you the facts, if you will. So I'm very excited about that. So uh, stay tuned. And once again, that's Aaron Live on November the 14th at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on KYMB-TV, Comcast Channel 19, and streaming live on our website, uh, jlwhiteinternational.com, jlwhiteinternational.com. We will have a player embedded there so you can watch the show live around the world. So anyway, uh hope you tune in for that. And as we get closer, we'll be bringing you more information in regards to guests and uh, all of those wonderful things. And uh, who knows, uh, you could be a guest on the show as well. So we're looking for uh, people that's uh, making a difference and heroes, if you will, from uh, around the globe. So we're very excited about this opportunity to serve you from this venue as well. Now, Let's take a look at uh, some some facts as it relates to this uh, restoring uh, U.S. economy and and how the U.S. has gotten to where we are. Now, the financial freedoms, the U.S. personal and corporate marginal income tax are higher, are higher than the world averages of 29%. Okay, are higher. The world averages. The 29% personally and 25% corporate. The overall U.S. tax burden is 28.3% of GDP. Now, these are this this number is 2008, and is also considerably higher than the world average of 23.2%. So listen to these numbers. These are alarming, alarming, alarming facts. Now, the government spending uh, for the past couple of years, I mean, we're hitting the excess of 39% of GDP, 39% spending of GDP. Boy, we got to knock that off. Now, as it relates to the financial freedoms, well, since the uh, wheels came off the economic wagon in 2008, uh, the Troubled Asset Relief Program, commonly referred to as TARP, and similar programs have bailed out. That's the word, bailed out. Bailed out a wide variety of financial firms. Bailed out. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't been bailed out. Have you? Bailed out. These bailouts include Government attempts to micromanage businesses on the theory theory that since they have accepted U.S. taxpayers' dollars, they must respond to political control from Washington. Well, this is a whole series of shows within Excel, right? Well, let's take a look at this further. 
And and these terms that I use, I'm going to say corruption. Boy, powerful word, right? Corruption. To be successful uh, in its role as a uh, honest regulator, regulator of various industries. You see the pause there? Listen to these words. Listen to what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen. Man, how did we get here? We have a mess. So we're the United States government is trying to regulate. The government must must be seen, must be seen as a neutral and disinterested party. The role of government. Okay? And in two thousand and nine, however, is a big word, right? However, uh the US government became part owners of effective operators of several, several. And the concept of too big to fail. Well, aren't you, if you're losing your house, aren't you too big to fail as well? What are we doing about that? You've heard me speak to that topic over and over and over. We must take, even today, we must take a aggressive posture on eliminating these foreclosures, bite the bullet, upright, go to current market, rewrite these loans, and just move on. No, that's never going to happen. Now, I don't think anybody around the globe has missed uh, the reports of recent of the um, uh, protest against Wall Street and all of these type of things, right? Well, I certainly support the freedom of speech. I fought for it. I'm a uh, disabled Vietnam veteran, as you know. Uh, so I'm very supportive, provided it's done in a peaceful and nonviolent way. Now, we have got to bring consistent pressures. I've been noticing different ads as we are coming into the 2012 presidential uh, election cycle. Well, sidebar. Did anybody see this Republican debate that uh, Anderson Cooper um, uh, hosted here? Man, what a ridiculous, (laughs) what what a bunch of, it's unbelievable. Like a bunch of school kids fighting in the sandbox. And that's the best we've got to offer to be the leader of the free world? Come on. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Look at the choices that we have. But yet, who wants the job, right? And so, you know, it's it's very challenging, and and it's very sad for me as we look at these topics from weeks to weeks and to bring awareness uh, to them. And, you know, and, and and to get people, man, we should be mad, and but uh, be mad, but be respectful and nonviolent. Let our voice be heard. I've, I've seen a commercial recently from the um, uh, AAA or WARP, excuse me, WARP. The ad says we're fifty, uh, fifty, uh, fifty million strong. And we're going to remember today and on Election Day. 
So we are beginning to allow our voices, because we are strong, to be known, and as we're talking about, restoring the U.S. to a free economy, and to, as I stated in the opening, to be able to look at and, and say that we're just partially free as a result, right? So let's take a look uh, before we uh, have to take our first break at this uh, concept of too big to fail. Well, we heard it over and over and over, right? Now, what's also interesting, we've had uh, from the financial uh, side in the bailout, there hasn't been any individual been held accountable for the greed from Wall Street. No one. Well, I can rest assured if it was you or I, we'd be sitting in some uh, federal penitentiary by now. It is inexcusable for the American people to allow this greed to go on, or I should say, what's the word I'm going to look for? Go holding people accountable. That's probably better. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking punished. Holding people accountable. Now, you might ask, okay, Jim, all right, I, I, I see some of the facts uh, here. I, I get it. Uh, do you have any solution? I, I have some suggestions. Uh, and they are for you to uh, to think about. But I do have some suggestions. This is what the show is all about, is to bring awareness, bring up issues, and offer some strategies. Now, let's take a look at some strategies. Uh, and, and you decide. Uh, you decide what you think is right, and you decide where at, on election day. And... If you're not reaching out on a daily basis, inundating your local congressman, Senate, uh, man, Congress needs an overhaul. Overhaul. It is embarrassing for what we're doing in, in Congress. The Tea Party folks, everybody, it, it is embarrassing. But at least somebody's taking some action, right? Action meaning, I'm talking about from the Tea Party, I'm not to the Congress and not taking any action. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it's amazing. So what's some possible solutions? Now, these are for you to decide whether you like them or not. If you don't, come up with your own. Um, so reduce the, uh, the tax rates. Hmm. Our corporate income tax rate currently, currently, the second highest in the developed world must be cut to restore U.S. competitiveness. There is no doubt about that. Now, it is a complex process. There are so many ways to approach that. But the bottom line is we got to cut it to uh, become competitive. And if you are not not fully aware. We have the Asian market, specifically China. If we don't do something, we are going to be number three on an economic scale, number two. 
we've got to reverse this trend, and we've got to start it now. And we've got to do it with what I call action, uh, rubber to the road. Not rhetoric, not sound bites, but actually action. We've got to do something. You know, even if it's wrong, it's do something. But we've got to get some action. So the corporate tax rate should be set at or below the organization of economic uh, corporation and the development average, okay, uh, which is 26%. To eliminate the, in, the in, incentive for businesses and jobs uh, to, to move overseas. We've got to give an incentive for our free enterprise not to look at other parts of the world because we cannot be competitive in the United States. This is absurd. And we gotta we got we got to revisit we gotta start making something again, okay? Versus a huge consumer nation. Right? So this is a big deal. Okay, we've got to like I said the tax reform is is something and and I don't think we need to throw everything out with you know, everything out. But I think there's a lot of reforms that needs needs to happen. Especially when you have organizations such as GE and others that doesn't pay any taxes, come on, it's get real, okay? Where you and I uh, certainly have to do it. Now, the U.S. needs to lower uh, the flatter tax without multiple layers of taxation, right? On, on personal savings uh, and investments and other forms of capital. Right now, we just get taxed at every level, right? And a reduction of the overall tax burden on Americans to a level consistent with or lower than the world average tax levels. That would inf- improve financial freedom. You know something? This can be done. It really can be done. It doesn't take forever to uh, to debate. This can be done. Okay? But certainly will not be done if you because rest assured the people the people add the money is going to get the advocates and the lobbyists to support so it's 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 a it's it's a dicey deal. Okay? It's a dicey deal. Hang tight a minute, let's get in a quick break and we'll be back in forty five. This segment is brought to you by What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course. Looking for clarity of purpose? What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course can help you define your goals and vision. Start living your life on purpose. Living on purpose is about joy. Living on purpose is about intention. Living on purpose is about personal transformation and continued growth. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 helps you address finances, relationships, spiritual growth, physical and mental health. You'll reclaim your personal power and get your life on track to attain true success. Learn more at whatsmypurpose.com. Thank you for hanging in there. We're back. And you can participate at any time by dialing 619 Seven six eight seven two nine eight, and we're going to have a, a toll-free number by the uh, next week as well for U.S. and Canada, and you can also call into the show with the Skype as well. So we'd like to we'd like to hear from you. Okay, 
Let's continue to look at some uh, opportunities or some solutions, if you will, or the words that we choose to lo- uh, use here. Okay, spend less, right? And and devolve responsibilities. Congress should should enact a firm cap on the annual increase in total government spending limited to inflation plus the population growth. My view. Lawmakers should exert all efforts to keep overall federal spending to less than 20% of GDP. Less than 20% of GDP. This is a big deal. My, my favorite words, you know, but a big deal. 20% of GDP. Okay? The historical post-World War II average. Average. Okay? For federal spending. Congress should take entitlement spending off, what I'm going to say, autopilot. It is on autopilot. And subject it to the discipline of a budgetary process through long-term budgets. You've heard me talk about this short-term bandage for our uh, highway surface bill funding, FAA funding, infrastructure development. What do we need to do in all these things? We need to pay people to work, put them to work, put them to work, put people back to work. When we got over 10% national unemployment, that is absurd. We need to create jobs, create jobs, and create jobs. And we need to create jobs uh, that really pay something. And in uh, and, and the last segment, I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. That's going to be a little dicey. When you get, wait to hang on for that. That's what I got to say about some uh, opportunities we have there. Probably not going to make any friends on that one either. But let's continue. Now, if we would uh, become disciplined and and having these uh, less than twenty percent and low long-term uh, budgets, this would force entitlement spending uh, to uh, to compete to compete politically with other spending priorities. The responsibilities of the federal agencies for transportation, I just mentioned that, agriculture, and education. Okay. The new health care bill that centralized so much decision-making and funded in Washington must be thrown away, repealed. Repeal. We don't need the U.S. government to take on a bigger role of managing everything. If you look at it, that's the reason we have the states. That's the reason we have counties within the states. The reason we have cities and associations. You know, we're pretty smart. We don't need everybody in Washington to tell us everything to do on a minute-by-minute basis. It's not your job. Get out of it. Okay. And, and allow the local governments to tailor programs, um, health care, uh, to make them more efficient and, and so they can experiment with new approaches. We've got to come up with new approaches. You know, you cannot solve the problem 
doing the same thing over and over and over, right? What's that old saying? That's a, it's a form of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over to tell us it doesn't work. But what do we need? We need to make sure that we set our ego aside. And remember, if you want to run for public office, you know what's coming. And it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's not about you amassing all the power. It's about you saying, I want to be a public servant. And I am willing to represent the people. That's what. That's the reason we have Congress. That's the reason we have the Senate. That's the reason we have the local representatives. That's the reason we have free elections. You work for the people, not for you, and for your for for your local uh, politicians, uh, senators, congressmen, and when well, you have your staff. And I have called a lot of congressmen's office, and I am greeted like I am a burden for making a call. Or some staffer will make a decision where I should be able to get that information on to a specific uh, elected official. No, I don't want a staffer to make a decision. I want my representative to hear what I have to say. Right? Now, some other uh, opportunities we have to unwind government intervention. Boy, that's a big one. You know, the government should end this um, uh, intervention it has made since 2008. Starting with, I mentioned it earlier, with the, uh, to abolish this TARP mess program. Get rid of it. Junk. It should then abolish, oh, here here we go, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. Get rid of it. It's useless. Start over. Throw it out. Fire them all. And repeal all U.S. government regulatory measures that interfere with the mortgage markets. That's the reason we got in this mess to begin with. Congress should also repeal the uh, uh, the Sarnsby Oxley Act. Boy, I know I want to get a lot of emails on this show. Okay. Now that act, understand the intent, and I supported the intent, but. It discriminates against the small firms, the compliance and the cost of compliance of Sarnsby Oxley. Okay? And it reduces competition. Companies should be allowed to fail. If you can't do it, you fail. That's the reason we have in the United States a bankruptcy laws. You fail. You're not too big. So that's that's a, that's a slippery slope, right? Slippery slope, and I get it. But the concept is there, uh, free market, right? Companies should be allowed to fail. And laws and regulations should create no expectations of a bailout. So... If you're sitting in the boardroom and if you're a CEO of a major corporation and humans being human and think, well, well, let's, you know, if we get in trouble because we're too big to fail, we'll just go to Congress and we'll, we'll get bailed out. So that is not an incentive 
for good decision making or developing good strategy or being accountable. No. We have uh, small business on a daily basis that you live and die by your decisions. You're not getting bailed out. So why should it be okay? So we that's the reason we come back to, to, to these freedoms. And that's the risk and reward process. Uh, and, 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 and especially uh, to remain competitive and to be able to, uh, you've heard me say this over and over and over, to make the invisible visible from a leadership standpoint. It takes leadership. Okay? Now, Next thing is a, a solution in, in, in my mind is to reduce government involvement in commercial decision making. Okay, you've heard me. You leading. You can see that should come in right now. Congress must eliminate must eliminate the practices of earmarking, mm-hmm. which corrupts the legislative process. Earmarking. The government needs to divest itself of all assets acquired in connection with the financial crisis and recession and refrain from interfering in bankruptcy cases. That's a mouthful. These reforms, these reforms, like the others that I've laid out and suggested, would both complete and reinforce the overall restoration of America's economic freedom. Now, these are some big things, and I want to uh, share uh, a lot of research material, uh, a lot of data, a lot of facts, a lot of research. We have so many wonderful organizations in the U.S. and around the world uh, on a daily basis doing research and the Heritage Foundation being one, and Pew, and I can just go on and on and on. So I just want to acknowledge that the great work that these folks do. Now, as I said, unwind government intervention. Reduce government involvement in commercial decision-making. And when we get back from the break, I'm going to touch on a very sensitive subject. And that's what I call give the uh, workers a, a, a raise. So hang tight. We'll be right back and see what we're going to talk about on that. Okay, we're about 46 seconds. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit, an innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. Thank you. We're back. Okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk about labor a little bit. Do you know that uh, the federal law 
caps the wages, caps the wages over uh, 8 million middle-class workers. Union contracts set both a wage floor and a wage ceiling. Unionized employers may not give productive workers pay raises outside the collective bargaining contract. Cannot. Unions usually insist on seniority-based pay and rarely allow employers to reward hard-working individuals. No matter how hard most union members work, they cannot earn higher wages than specified in their contracts. This is a big deal. It's making us uncompetitive. Now, there was an act called RAISE, or A-I-S-E, standing for Rewarding Achievement and Incentive Successful Employees Act. Now, this was introduced by uh, Senator David Vetter, Republican from Louisiana, and Representative uh, Tom McClintock, also re- Republican in California. Now, this act would lift the seniority ceiling. Now, I know a thing or two about unions over the years, and uh, I also don't, don't <laughs> all my union buddies, don't get sideways with me. Uh, it's just another area that we need to look at jointly. How can we make it better? That's all. How can we make it better? How can we keep our jobs? How can we uh, give incentives and, 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 and stop complacency, if you will? Okay? Now, it is absolutely an area that we really need to uh, take a look at. But um, let me let me just kind of frame a little bit of the language behind this uh, act as proposed by the two representatives and, and the senator. Okay. Now, as I said, proposing that it would uh, lift the seniority ceiling on workers' wages by allowing employers to pay individual workers, but not less than the union contract specifics. By offering workers the opportunity to earn higher wages, uh, the Act provides an incentive for increased productivity should Congress pass this. So there's a few things we need to be really taking a look at now. Let's dig down on this a little further, and because it, it's it's a it's a very challenging situation, because I've seen it firsthand. When you know, as a worker, uh, when you feel that you are protected, and I can just do mediocre work, because I'm going to be protected by my contract. I mean, this is, you know, this is really a challenge for us today. Now, at the same time, uh, we want all workers to be safe, uh, to work in a safe environment. Uh, I don't know of anybody that wants our environment to be destroyed or workers not to have saved and, and have uh, good pay. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm supportive of of all of that good stuff. Uh, 
But where we continue to price ourselves out of the market and from the union signatory contracts, uh, especially today where you have a, a lot of unions uh, that's been impacted uh, in their pension funds and you've got uh, unfunded liabilities, and when they go back to the uh, employers, say, hey, okay, belly up to the bar, write me a check for your portion because you're just a signatory of this thing, putting a lot of people out of business. Now, so once again, let's just go through a few bullets of what the uh, uh, this act would do. Like I said, it would allow employers to pay individual workers more than the union contract specifies. Hmm. Now, this is currently illegal without first bargaining with the unions. It is illegal for me as an employer to recognize an an employee that's doing good work, I cannot go to that person and incentivize them unless I negotiate that with the union. Now, employers could not selectively give raises to anti-union workers. Now, I'm clear, okay, anti-union workers to undermine, and that's not what I'm suggesting, undermine the union, consistent with current and federal law. We don't want to do that. Under the Raise Act, it would remain illegal to discriminate against workers on the basis of union membership. Okay. Now, another, another point. Unions were originally established to protect workers. You know, we hit on that a few minutes ago, to protect workers from making too little money, not too much. And that's the deal. It was their protection, to, you know, for safety and for taking advantage of low pay, not for making too much. Okay? It's amazing. Amazing. So this act uh, would still allow union contracts to set the minimum that workers can earn. Okay? Now, question, why is it needed? I think uh, the whole flavor of the show today is about uh, returning to the U.S. to um, uh, to freedom, restoring uh, the U.S. to freedoms. We've lost our freedoms in, in a lot of ways that we've been discussing so far on, on, on the show this morning. Now, currently, uh, union contracts set both a wage and floor and, and, and a wage ceiling, right? Now, unionized employers may not give productive workers pay raises. I'm being redundant here. Pay raises without negotiating with the union, okay? Now, Unions usually resist individual raises. Okay, they do. They typically demand, demand, and they do that employers reward workers for time served. Okay, time served. That's not an incentive. That creates an entitlement attitude. It, it erodes productivity and innovation, okay? 
and, and, and rather than hard work. Okay? We are a country built on hard work, can-do attitude. That's who we are. Okay? Unions have uh, successfully fought bonuses to hard-working employees. The National Labor Relations Board uh, has ruled that uh, they constitute illegal direct dealing. So i got to go through this third party to deal for my people. Like I said, I know I am going to get a lot of feedback. But <clears throat> as you are listening to the show uh, today, and uh, for you that, uh, and a lot of you that uh, you know, I see that you listen to the show at all hours of the day and around the world, and I, I appreciate that. But understand where I'm coming from. We are trying, and we need all of us, unions, non-unions, political, private sector, public, nonprofit, all of us, in order to give a course correction uh, for our U.S. economy. Now, this means that in many unionized companies, a worker cannot earn higher wages that has union contract specifics. Okay? No matter how word he or she works. Now, this uh, seniority ceiling keeps union members from reaching their full potential. I, I, I would have a hard time how you would argue against that concept of that not being correct. It does. It, it just keeps them down. Okay? Since there is no incentive you know, for outstanding performance or the ability to move up the ladder because you're in this contract thing, right? Now, current law caps the average, uh, caps the wages, I should excuse me, of 8 million Americans. That's what I started off this segment with. 8 million Americans are capped. Okay? They're union members. Now, the RAISE Act would restore the inherent American right to earn individual raises through individual efforts. What's wrong with that? To millions of union members. What's wrong with that? Takes leadership, you know, develops more innovation, creativity. And allows people to, uh, you know, get up every day versus, uh, I'm going to get up every day, I'm going to do the same old thing, I can't do this, uh, why should I work a little harder, why should I work harder than the next person, because I'm not going to get any more money, right? It's absurd. Now, let's take a uh, brief look at some of the economic effects of this um, this act. Now, would allow, the act would allow unionized employers to give performance-based pay to deserving workers. We'll allow that. Discretion. Economic research shows that the average worker's earnings rise 6 to 10% when the pay is performance-based. <clears throat> That's worth repeating. Uh, 6 to 10% based on performance based. This is an average figure. The industries and enterprises 
workers will earn larger raises and while lazy employees or the unmotivated uh, learn less. So we got to restore uh, this. Uh, if I go work hard, if I'm innovative, if I become a good leader, uh, I can be rewarded for it, not to be capped and kept down. Once again, for you that are complaining about all the jobs going off, uh, offshore, come on. This is one way that we can stop that. And there's many, many other things that we need to do, and uh, and we're going to hit on a, a couple of those in, in a moment. So we've got to get one quick break in and 45 back. This segment is brought to you by Circle of Success, a dynamic, year-long, intensive management and leadership development process designed to help individuals and organizations reach their goals quickly. A customized process addressing specific needs and identifying the critical opportunities particular to the individual and organization with results measured in increased revenue, increased net profits, and increased equity. The Circle of Success, inspiring excellence in people at jlwhiteinternational.com slash circles. Okay, we're back. Thank you for hanging in there. A um, couple more things that I want to say, and 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 I hope you, everybody understands when we talk about this uh, union and this um, raise act, uh, the intent of it. Uh, it's not to take anything away or to be punitive in nature. It is not. It's um, just another thing that we need to do. Just like looking at the tax code and revising that, just like eliminating the earmarks, uh, like um, uh, the things that we need to do to continue to put the U.S. uh, back on this real leadership road that we've earned and that we deserve. If we do not bite the bullet and, and start making some of these hard decisions now, it's going to get worse. Not going to get easier. It's going to get worse, and it takes all of us, and uh, it takes all of us, all of us. Now, in the last segment, uh, I'm just going to bring up a couple of things and see what you think about this. And 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 actually, I just want to hit on the um, um, the free trade agreements. Uh, certainly, long overdue. So. Uh, I don't know how closely you follow these uh, these things. Sometimes it can be like watching paint dry, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, for years, um, we've had the U.S.-Columbia uh, Free Trade Agreement, the FTAs, as the company referred to, with Columbia in the U.S. was signed in 2006. And the agreement with Panama and South Korea, and I'm talking about the latest uh, agreements uh, for these three uh, countries for U.S. Uh, uh, trade trade agreements, uh, and we signed it with Panama, and we signed it with South Korea uh, in 2007. Okay, so it's been been there, right? Now, the U.S. Uh, has deterred uh, our potential partners for a lot of reasons, and and and. Uh, we finally, finally uh, 
had concluded the agreement with these three countries. Now, in my mind, what, what you think, this is certainly good for the economy. Uh, the economics and environmental benefits based on data from the, uh, I'm quoting data from the Heritage Foundation, and Index of Economic Freedom, great, great resources. Uh, countries with low trade barriers have less poverty. That's important. So what do we need to do? Create jobs, create jobs. Um, quick sidebar, I was watching uh, Piers Morgan tonight and Sean Penn. Uh, Sean Penn uh, has done a lot of work in Haiti. He's one of the few guys, I mean, he, he has an opinion, and I have a lot of respect for Sean Penn. Uh, everybody thinks he's angry. Some, some people say that about me sometimes. Uh, but um, poverty, we have such a need worldwide. And we have our need in the U.S. and the poverty of, of, in our own back doors. So we got to make sure that uh, we are uh, being serious about uh, getting the money where it needs to go. As I said, stopping these earmarks, and uh, I, I just wanted to – I'm not sure what my point was on that, other than the fact I had a huge admiration for uh, what Sean Penn has done, and he's really hung in in Haiti after that huge earthquake and uh, such – you know, such needs. We have such a, a drastic need worldwide, worldwide. Even in here in our Monterey Peninsula in California, such a need and more resources and what the state is doing and from the penal system, from the gang activities, from the poverty and from the domestic violence. And we can just go on and on and on of our huge need. And uh, we're going to have a guest next week. Uh, which is uh, we're going to be talking about security issues, and we're going to have more homeland defense uh, topics coming up, and we're going to be addressing the um, uh, the drug issues and on and on and on. So, uh, so we got some very exciting stuff, and a lot of this will be uh, carrying over to our television show as well. So, so with the 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 you know free trade agreements is good for the economy, and it's uh, go back and. Uh, and with these barriers removed, you know it's going to help poverty. It's going to uh, increase, make higher incomes, uh, lower incidence of hunger, and cleaner environments, and uh, than countries with higher trade barriers. Okay. Now, these uh, agreements has expanded access, especially in the infrastructure, uh, manufacturing. It's good. Because uh, we have a lot, uh, a lot of things we can put together. So the South Korea-U.S. Uh, uh, agreement expands uh, the U.S. access to a trillion-dollar South Korean market. So we're we've got an opportunity to that market now. Now Korean uh, manufacturing tariffs are doubled those of the U.S. Uh, while Korea agriculture tariffs are 54% compared with 9% in the U.S., nearly 95% of tariffs on consumer and industrial products will be eliminated within three years. So this is a big deal, opportunity for new markets, right? Three years after agreement takes takes effect. 
and nearly two-thirds of Korea's agricultural tariffs will immediately drop to zero. This is a big deal. Good job, everybody. Good job. Now, uh, we've got beans and new exports, uh, according to the U.S. International Trade Commission, uh, which we come to this agreement between South Korea and the U.S. is called KORUS, will generate an estimated $10 billion and $11 billion in U.S. And, and new U.S. exports annually, increasing U.S. Uh, gross domestic products by $11 billion, okay, and can add 70,000 new jobs. Okay, this is all good stuff, but we got to keep a keen eye and keep it honest, right? All without adding a dime in government spending. Hooray, 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 okay? Allow the enterprises, allow the uh, free market to do this, okay? Now, those estimates do not even include the benefits uh, arising from the reduction in tariffs on service industries. That's a whole different thing, which we'll need to take a look at now. Another thing that come to mind, you've got a lot of flowers that's imported. Uh, the ITC estimates that the U.S.-Columbia free trade will uh, will boast, uh, boost excuse me, exports by $1.1 billion. Americans who buy these pancetas for Christmas and all this great stuff, right, or roses for Valentine's Days, um, will benefit from the permanent removal of the U.S tax on Columbia plants and flowers, which has cost consumers $13 million so far this year. So it takes out away, putting money back. So this is good stuff, okay? Uh, protecting uh, um, American farmers. Um, the Agricultural Department uh, uh, estimates that the lower duties on the uh, Columbia uh, negotiated in, in, in the trade deal uh, will lead to a $1 billion loss to U.S. farm exports to Columbia since 2008. So more money picked up there. Uh, now, Panama, we've got five minutes re remaining today. Panama, and, and that agreement, uh, from the expansion of the Panama Canal, we've got a lot of, lot, of, lot of infrastructure going in Panama, uh, from expansion of the canal, uh, and, and Donald Trump's uh, doing a huge project called the, surprise, surprise, the Donald Trump Tower in Panama City uh, to, to construction of a transit system. So we got a lot of infrastructure development that's going to open up. It's going to give a lot of our great infrastructure, uh, construction equipment suppliers, dealers, et cetera, uh, going to open up another market there as well. So that's very exciting. Um, and to the current restoration of the old Panama Canal, uh, uh, one sees a nation on the move. Panama is really on the move, so that's a great opportunity to be looking at. And in uh, 2010, the U.S. sold uh, $210 million in construction equipment to Panama. Uh, the U.S. Panama FTA, uh, once operative, will remove, now this is a big deal, will remove an average 5% tariff, uh, making U.S. manufacturers more competitive before we just kind of pressed out of the market. So that's a good thing. Now, we have been hurt, hurt by the needlessly, needless delays 
We've lost market share. Exports from the European uh, Union to South Korea shot up 16% within the first month after their FTA uh, took effect. So we've been losing all of that, okay, and 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 taking market share from the from the U.S. You know, we, we've been this because we sat around and we couldn't agree, couldn't negotiate. Uh, struggling farmers, uh, the Canadian. Uh, Columbia FTA is allowing Canadian farmers to displace U.S. agricultural exports. Now, this is according to the president of the National Association of Wheat Growers, Wayne Hurst, said this. I'm quote, delaying these free trade agreements isn't just a political game. It's messing with real lives. I agree. Here and abroad. And it's doing harm that can't be easily undone. I agree. So, uh, it's just to be aware. None of the one of these things that you need to be aware of, uh, because there's a lot of things setting out there. If we just get more aggressive and educate ourselves and keep the pressure on our elected officials, uh, we could get some of this stuff done. So it's it's look at uh, the expansion of the free trade. Uh, it's it's re- we really need to look at this, especially down on our eastern, all the way into Latin America, South America. And then we need to start looking stronger at the Pacific Rim as well. So now let's talk about, I know everybody's thinking about job loss here. Well, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce estimates that uh, the failure to pass uh, all three of these FTAs would cost the U.S. economy a total of $48 billion in another 383,400 jobs. Big deal. Big number. So it's stay accurate. Uh, we'll keep bringing you um, uh, information from uh, time to time on how this uh, stuff is going. But uh, this is another way to create jobs, and that's what we're looking for, right? So uh, once again, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in today. And uh, a reminder, uh, the premiere of the Circle of Success show with Dr. Jim White is on November the 14th, 2011 at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And we're going to be airing live on KYMB-TV, which is Comcast Channel 19. And we'll be streaming live to the Worldwide Net. And it's going to take us two or three shows, but my, my vision and my goal is to be in as many countries worldwide as we can on the um, uh, web as we're doing these shows. So once again, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll be back next week, uh, same time. And until then, make it a great weekend and a great week. You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.